0: Welcome to Mates in Courage, brought to you by Good News Unlimited. I, Be part of a conversation between Graham Hood, champion fisherman, airline pilot and school dropout, and Ellie Gonzalez, wannabe fisherman and holder of more useless degrees than you can poke a stick at. What could these two possibly have in common? The fact that neither of them have anything to hide. That's what. I, Mates in Courage. Take a listen. G'day, Ellie.
1: How are you doing, Graham? I'm doing pretty well. It's good to see you. got a treat for you today. What's that? Well, you're going to have lunch. You're taking with... me fishing. No, no, no. no. Oh. We don't do that stuff together, oh. you and I. I think Michelle's going to prepare a nice lunch for us after this. Oh, that's nice. She's and a great cook. She's a good cook, but she's really, really enjoying the fact that we've got thousands of passion for it. Oh. And she's uh, she was shown recently how to make passion fruit juice, and it is absolutely delicious. Wow! So we're going to have freshly made passion fruit juice with our lunch, whatever the lunch is going to be when we finish talking. You get a treat every meal time. You do. Yeah, I do. I do. Passion fruit. What an interesting fruit. What a lovely. What a lovely name for a fruit. Passion fruit. Yes. Where are you heading with this? Yeah, uh, I want to talk about passion. All right. Passion passion what does passion mean ellie
2: well it actually comes from a latin word <laughs> you really want to know yeah i do yeah it comes from a latin word that has to do with suffering something that you're willing to suffer for you love so
1: much so you ask a doctor of, of uh ancient philosophy or whatever it is you've got one of the things you've got a question like that and you're always going to get philosophy what is oh, no not philosophy ancient history yeah what what is your doctrine in in early Christian history? Early Christian ancient history, ancient history. Yeah, so you're mm. talking about well, the passion of the Christ. Yeah, yeah. Suffering. See, suffering. So I've never linked passion with suffering. No. Well,
2: look. If you in my childhood I learnt to play the violin, and that I had I it? had to practice. Yeah. And it was suffering for the people around you, or oh, for you? both. <laughs> Take if you, if you learn the violin, the first three years are definitely passion.
1: Yeah. <laughs> suffering. Passion and suffering, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've always had, when I've grown up with my version of the word passion, it always had to do with the physicality of relationships and, you know, the, the sexual passion. Yeah. It's much more than that, of course.
2: It's like the, the something that you love so much that you're willing to suffer for. Which is really interesting, Graham. because uh, as I think about passion, I've been trying to think, what's Graham passionate about? Like, what are you really passionate about in your life?
1: What answers did you get?
2: Well, I thought maybe, maybe the farm. Yeah. You know, I mean, you you run a, a beautiful little farm here. Yeah. You know, and self sufficiency.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. I mean, I'm not thinking about relationships, and, and it's like when you have when you write in a CV hobbies, right? Yeah. And people write down my family and reading, and when they write down family and reading, you know, they've got no life. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I'm not I'm not thinking about those <laughs> those sort of things. Yeah, I but know. I'm thinking about what is it that you do, like in that excites you. Yeah, that really excites you. That's a, different from your work and your family, but something that just where you can express who you are and that fulfills you. That's what I'm thinking about. All right, okay.
1: I've got a couple of I've got several things um, apart from family and everything. I I I really enjoy fishing. Oh, I knew that. I, I knew that. Yeah, that would have yeah. been one you picked. Yeah, it because. Would have. Um, I just like the environment that uh, fishing takes me into. It's that you know being on the water and uh, whether I catch fish or not is irrelevant. It's just about being there. If you looked at my my fishing gear collection and you have, you'd probably see that I'm I'm perhaps addicted mm. uh, to it. I love working with timber, yeah, uh, woodworking and yep, building yep. things. I really love and enjoy. No, love is an overused word. I really enjoy. Mm-hmm uh doing that and I enjoy looking at things I've done. I'm enjoying landscaping and the stuff that we're doing here. I enjoy eating the fruit from the trees and the vegetables that we're growing here. That's yep. really good. But um I really enjoy what we're doing now. You know, it's yeah, it's I do too. Yeah, I know mm. you do because we we um, you know, we we get together to get, to do these as often as we can and we always We always enjoy them and they're always, um, none of them are scripted. We just talk about stuff. We're giving away our secrets now. Yeah, that's right. A lot of people are saying, oh, it's obvious it's not scripted. (laughs) But uh, for me, I love joining the dots in people's lives. Like We talk with a lot of people who are in dysfunctional relationships and that here and people who are wondering why they're going through what they're going through and it's really great to join the dots in their lives and see how They end up leaving with a a feeling that everything that they've been through, which has been pretty drastic Mm. in their lives, has actually been part of their education to bring them to a point where they can start helping others. You you must love it because periodically, every now and
2: then, you tell me that you and Michelle really need to retire and you can't keep doing this and you need to live your own lives and enjoy each other and and whatnot. Uh, But then when I try to make appointments to come up here to the farm to uh, record these podcasts, you tell me you can't because you're too busy. You, you've got people over and counselling and retreats. Yeah, and you
1: give me a serve, don't you? Yeah. You tell me I need to get over myself. That's it. I guess we're hooked on seeing the end result of the work that we do and that, mm. that's very rewarding. And, yeah, there's suffering attached to in the doing of it and so mm-hmm. I guess that is a passion. Mm. That's not just a, an enjoyable pastime. It's a passion. Mm. Restoring broken lives is something that um, that just keeps regenerating energy in you to keep doing it for some reason Mm -hmm. and it's way beyond an addiction Mm. it's where you've come from that's why that's why i think people who have been addicted to things are the best ones to lead others out of it people people who have overcome Uh, you know you can you can have had a very bland uh, life of living on the rails and everything being perfect and you go to get an education and you take that education and the diploma and put it on the wall of an office and then mm. decide you're going to help people with addictions. And I, I think you lack a certain power when you do that. Yeah, I think people who have been through it, the survivors are the ones to help others. What about you? I know one thing you're really passionate about, and you should be because you're a Spaniard. Um, yes. Flamenco guitar. I am. And you're very good at it. I'm not very good at it. Uh, 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 no, I don't uh, think uh, I am. Uh, Ellie, Ellie, I've just been get learning. Over I've been learning for a year. That's all. Yeah, but you, you, yeah. you obviously, you're obviously enjoying it. Oh yeah. And so, is it an enjoyment that comes with pain? I've got to invest time into it, so there's that kind of pain. Mm. But um,
2: this is a really deep one for me. Yeah. Because when I was a, a little kid, I loved music. Yep. And my father and mother came to Australia so that. Uh, their children could get an education which they could never get themselves. They never finished primary school because of the war. Yep. And uh, that's the war in Spain, the Civil War. Yep. And they wanted us to be educated. And and as part of that, an educated person could play a musical instrument. So uh, they'd always uh, told told me that I would play a musical instrument from when I was li- very little. And I always knew what instrument I wanted to play. Yep. Every time I heard... Uh, Spanish guitar music or flamenco music specifically, it just, uh, it just called to my heart. I don't know what it is, mystical genetics, whatever it might be, but I knew that that, that music expressed my soul. Now, I know I'm not being very religious here, but I'm a human being, so I'm more than just all of that, you know, the the religion side of things. And so when I was old enough and my, my dad said, okay, now we're happy to pay for the music lessons for you. What instrument do you want to play? I said, I want to play the guitar. And uh, my mum and dad were horrified. Oh, no, son, because they'd lived through the 60s and all that, of course. Oh, it's only the the bums and the hippies that play the guitar. (laughs) You know, we want you to get an education. Uh, So I I knuckled down, always trying to do the right thing. And they said, give us uh, an educated instrument and and you will pay for lessons. So I learnt the violin. And I got to be pretty good on the violin, much better than I am at flamenco guitar now, because I... I took lessons for eight years on the violin, and that was my instrument. Everyone knew me as a violin player, and I loved music, so I, I loved the violin. But practicing was a chore. I hated practicing. So, a few years ago, my dad passed away, and then my mum passed away. And in my early 50s, I had this amazing revelation. It was astonishing. I was grown up. <laughs>
1: You could actually make choices for yourself.
2: I could actually make choices for myself. Yeah. And not only that, I had a job and I had money to pay for whatever I wanted, you know, as long as I could afford it. And so I decided, well, I'm going to fulfill this, this childhood dream and I'm going to learn to play flamenco guitar. So I gave my violin to my daughter. I hadn't played for many years anyway. Yeah. And uh, a mate of mine brought over a flamenco guitar from Spain, and I've been taking lessons for a year. And I'll tell you what, practicing isn't a chore. You know, You're I I, I can get just lost in lost in the chords and the rhythms of it all. I just is, love
1: it. Is there a more passionate genre oh, in music than flamenco? It's I all know. about pleasure and pain, and it just fulfills me.
2: For me, for me, it's my life. I yeah. mean, in terms of, I'm not saying it's all my life, but it it expresses uh you know when I'm I'm playing it I feel that it's expressing all the emotions of, of my heart of yep. my soul
0: Yep.
1: yeah it's important to express those emotions yeah in the things you like to do
2: yeah absolutely
1: yeah I, I mean um a lot of people ask me what what football code or what team I follow and all that I used to do all that sort of stuff but there's too many other things in life that I'm more interested in now and And as as you get older and you start to realise how quickly time goes, you want to focus on the things you really enjoy and not the superficial things in life. Mm. And I know know people are very passionate about sport Mm. and more power to them. That's fine. But for me, it's kind of like, nah, I have to get into those things that uh, that I feel are good for my soul. So the things Mm. I enjoy doing, like, as I said, woodworking, working in the garden, building things, fishing, they're all very placid things. You've always
2: enjoyed those, haven't you?
1: I always have, yeah. Yeah. They're always a a means of connecting. Like, I I love building furniture out of recycled Mm. timber. Mm. When I lived in Victoria, I lived in Melbourne, I went around uh, places looking for timber with historical significance, Mm -hmm. and uh, I found a a yard full of um, of old pine floorboards that came Mm -hmm. out of the former Premier of Victoria's home, uh, John Kane, and his father yep. was a Premier of Victoria as well. Mm-hmm. So their family home, and th- th- this place had, had all the flooring pulled up and I got a hold of that. And I was working with uh, th- with timber that's that probably heard conversations that would have been amazing mm-hmm. to listen to. And a friend gave me some timber that he brought from England in a shipping container that had old uh, hand-forged nails in it. They were floorboards. And they were laid when Henry VIII was the king of England. Wow! And I built, uh, I built furniture out of them. I built a beautiful old rocking cradle, mm-hmm. a medieval rocking cradle for a friend. And, uh, and I built it out of this old timber and mm. I, I burnished the nails again and reused them in the construction. Mm-hmm. And I felt really connected to the past through that. Mm. And I, I love connecting into the past. I, I love history as well.
2: Mm. I wonder how many people there are out there who have never found their passion. And I'm not talking about their work, right? I mean, like, my wife's a primary school teacher and she's really passionate about it and it consumes her. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something that you do to relax, to regenerate, recreate yourself, to connect with yourself. I just realised That expresses you.
1: What's that? Um, When you asked me my list of things I was passionate about, I didn't mention flying. No, you didn't. Yeah, because I'm not passionate about it anymore. You used to be. I used to be, yeah. I used to build model aeroplanes as a kid and all that, but I'm not passionate about it anymore because it's not what defines me. Mm. I think our passions should define us, don't you think? Yeah, they should. Even in your, in your definition, the definition you gave, our, our suffering often refines us and defines us. Mm. I, love that, I love that saying, you know, the past is a warehouse where we store wisdom. It's not an armoury where we keep ammunition. Yeah. You know, people who don't have anything that they're passionate about, uh, they probably don't feel very fulfilled.
2: No. They go to work, they get up, they have breakfast, go to work, come back home, grunt at the missus. Yeah. You know, spend a few minutes with the kids, go back to bed. What an existence.
1: A regimental routine. Yeah. And what does the weekend look like, I suppose? There's certain times of the weekend where you do things. You might watch the football on a Saturday afternoon or... Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not knocking any of that, but... There's a a lot of people too don't live into their passion because, you know, I often think there's a lot of Pavarotti's out there who aren't being Pavarotti because someone yelled at them when they were a a kid that their voice was terrible or someone laid a heavy judgment on them when they were enjoying something.
2: Well, that's what happened to me, see? Heavy judgment was (coughs) laid on me Mm. because I wanted to play flamenco guitar as a kid and uh, I'm... I'm freer now. It's fantastic. Yeah. And when you were talking about your passion for for helping couples and people recover from addictions and, yep. you know, helping with relationships and whatnot, it's different because, you know, you're an airline pilot and you do that. You do the, you know, the helping people. And, and the counseling as a uh, you know in your spare time spare time <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so. yeah but in my day job i i'm actually uh, a senior pastor and uh, and the managing director of a christian gospel ministry mm. and yeah i mean i am very passionate about that yeah about presenting christianity in the right way to people and and showing people what the good news is about jesus christ
1: well mean you, you can do I'm, it effectively if you no, I'm very
2: passionate day, about that yeah yeah you know but my job doesn't define me
1: yeah.
2: alone, yeah. you know. Some people might be shocked to know that I actually love to play flamenco guitar. we shouldn't you I be? don't know. You've got to be well-rounded people, haven't you? Exactly You've got, right. to, you've got to do new things. Yep. Oh, and here's the other thing. I've got dementia, Alzheimer's running in my family really strongly, right? My mother died of it. Yeah. And, uh, and they say that learning a new language or a musical instrument is very good to ward off that sort of stuff. There are
1: lots of benefits in so you gotta, passionate.
2: you've got to keep growing in life. Yeah, yeah. You've got to keep discovering uh, more about yourself. Yeah. I never knew that I would be as passionate about flamenco guitar before. I always knew I wanted to do it, but I just absolutely love it. And I'm saying love in the right, word, in the right way. Yeah. And I'm just wondering how many people there are out there who haven't discovered the passions maybe in their lives mm. because they're not willing to try new things, mm. you know, because they've been told they can't, they shouldn't, whatever it might be, or because they think they're too old or or it's too hard. It's too risky. Too risky, and life life has to be an adventure. Yeah. What's the point of living if life isn't an adventure? Yeah, an adventure has a has an exciting journey, and an adventure always has a, a purpose. Yeah, a destination too.
1: Yeah, I, I find. Uh, especially in these changing times, that I'm passionate about waking up in the morning because each day presents a whole new set of circumstances, like an adventure. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're living, we're living outside the norm at the moment. Mm. And I love that um, every day can present challenges to me that are going to excite me, uh, perhaps scare me. Yep. But there's there's always an opportunity. In every disaster, there's an opportunity for something amazing to happen.
2: Well, well you're kind mm. of living the dream at the moment because mm. um, the reason why we're you know out of the norm is because we're in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah. And so you've been at home for how long? You haven't been flying. I haven't been flying for four months. So you've been able to indulge in some of those passions that you said you had. Yeah, and loving it. Yeah.
1: Absolutely loving it. I mean, you know, I, I could get lost in the scariness of not having an income and and all that sort of thing. But you know, faith once again deals with that. Mm. You know, I, I don't have to worry about that. God's got that handled. You know, as long as I keep striving to be the best person I can be in that faith, then that will bring its own rewards in its own ways. Yeah. As long as where my my marriage holds together and everything else works for the good, then um, I'm happy to trust God and roll with enjoying the things that I can enjoy in these circumstances Mm. and acknowledging the fact that we're a lot more uh, fortunate than many Mm. others in this situation. Yeah.
2: I've got a mate, Graham, who probably listens to this podcast. You know, he's got a jet ski. He loves to go out on the water in the jet ski. Yeah, He's got some motorbikes. He loves to go uh, motorbike riding in the country and trail riding and all that sort of thing. And he feels a little bit guilty about that. You know, as if he shouldn't be doing it, he should be doing something more productive with his time. But I think that's great. That's his passion.
1: If we live in our passion, I think we're intrinsically more healthy. Yeah. And what better time to be healthy than in a time of crisis? Absolutely. Here's a better thing we can do, yeah. Ellie. Let's go and turn on the television and watch 24 hours of recycled news.
2: Netflix. Uh, watch a whole series in, in a
1: couple of days. Yeah, let's do that. Let's binge on television and media. Yeah. Let's binge on the news, you know. How many times did you have to see the World Trade Centre collapsing before mm. you really got that it actually collapsed? Yeah. You know? I mean, uh, th- those, a lot of yeah. people... Th- and what does that do? It robs us of our serenity, which robs us of our passion. It does. All these things rob us of our passion, and we're not even aware that they're
2: happening. And, and what about, what about Graeme, these, uh, these men, who can't wait to retire, and uh, they retire and they sit on their rocking chair on their porch for a couple of years, and then they die.
1: How sad is that? Yeah. I've got a story about that. Do you? I was based flying a DC-3 out of Cairns for many years, and uh, we used to fly tours up to Torres Strait Islands, and and people would go Mm -hmm. and tour the islands, and on a Sunday they'd go to all the church services there. And Mm -hmm. uh, while they were doing that, I'd often take my fishing gear with me and I'd sit on a jetty at Thursday Island and watch big Spanish mackerel and big giant trevally swimming underneath Mm -hmm. and fish with the old men who lived there. Yeah. And I formed a couple of friendships with some old guys who lived on the Torres Strait all their lives and uh, beautiful old men, grey hair, white hair and beautiful dark shiny skin. And um, they were using crayfish for bait to catch trevally, Mm -hmm. which is a bit of an oxymoron for a lot of people because... You know, a lot of people see crayfish as a delicacy and Trevelli's not all that good to eat. I used to sit there and think, oh, this, I'd say to them, this is great, you guys have got it made, you know. I could easily retire up here and one of them laughed at me one day and he said, you white blokes, you're all the same. (laughs) I said, what do you mean? He said, you talk about living life when you retire. He said, this is how we live every day. Yeah. And you can have that too, but you just don't choose to take it. And that's so true, you know. I don't want to be on my deathbed and regret the fact that I never lived into my little passions hmm. or the great ones. Yeah. That's a measure of where where our life's been spent well or where it hasn't been spent well. Yeah. Don't wait because you don't know what the future holds. Yeah. Now, what have you got in your passion library that is not yet fulfilled?
2: I'm just launching into a new one, so... it's preoccupying me. That's you. preoccupying me. So, yeah, I, I love writing as well. Yeah. I mean, I write a lot for the Christian ministry that I lead. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to write my autobiography as oh, well. I've, I've been chipping away at it for years. But would you give me an autographed copy? It's, it's going to be, yeah, I don't know if I'll finish
1: it, but I'd love to write that. Yeah. yeah. You write very well, so that would be a good read, I reckon. Uh-oh. Who would you get to play you in the movie? In the movie. Danny DeVito? Charlie Chaplin. Charlie <laughs> Chaplin. <laughs> people have often said to me, who would, who would play you in a movie? That's a good question, isn't it? For me, it was John Candy, but he's yeah. dead now, but he was very fat and jovial. Mr Bean. Mr Bean, Mr yeah. Bean. I'd get
2: Mr Bean to play me. Yeah. But a talking Mr Bean. A talking Mr Bean. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a bit awkward yeah. through life and, you know, people laugh at him. Yeah. Um, but actually quite highly successful. Yeah. In real life.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. I wonder if he was ha- Rowan Atkinson we're talking about, eh? Yeah. I wonder if he was happy
2: or is happy. I don't know. I'll tell you what his passion is, though. What's that? Motor racing.
1: Oh, that's right. It yeah, is too. so he's
2: got a passion, too.
1: He was on, uh, what's it, that program about cars? That thing in England with those Yeah, cars. that thing in England. Oh, yeah. I, I forget. Uh, I, how, how annoying that, to forget something like that. Yeah, he was on that. But, you know, often... The funniest men in entertainment are the saddest, Robin Williams. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? Yeah. Now, his humour was the only thing that kept him alive for as long as it did. Yeah. You know, he was able to laugh at himself a lot, but obviously not enough, maybe. Yeah. I used to be a really funny guy. You're still a funny guy. Oh, well. I laugh every time I see you fishing. Yeah, so you must be a really sad person. You haven't haven't laughed for
2: years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. no, I used to be a really, really funny guy. But uh, I hit a lot too. I don't know, I'm a lot happier now. You Um, are? Yeah, it's because I'm a more centred individual, a much better rounded individual. And as part of that, I play flamenco guitar. Yeah, I bet you everyone wants her to hear me play now, which they can't because I don't have my guitar.
1: Yeah, well, we must do a program where you segue into That's whatever we're talking about with your flamenco guitar. You can tell the story of the song, yep. which you did for Michelle and I this mm-hmm. morning. You can tell the story of the song, which you can play the song into the subject which caused the the story of the song. That's it. And
2: that can serve as a reminder for everyone to identify their passion to keep exploring to keep growing and find things that they really love where they can express who they are yeah. they can you know not, it's not just fun it's actually being
1: regenerated being recreated being refreshed in life yeah, exactly. you know, keep learning I think there's a key attitude we need to adopt to do that what's that not to take ourselves too seriously
2: oh you keep telling me that Graham
1: no that's I keep telling you to get over yourself. No, yeah. I'm talking about... Well it's No, there's no difference really. Yeah. But I, I've, I've often realised that I've had to take my job seriously but not myself. Absolutely. I think that makes me a better pilot and yeah. I think it make, would make me a better father and a husband and a better friend. Mm-hmm. I think if we take ourselves too seriously, we're not, not that much fun to be around. So how can we live into our passion unless we're associating it with the pain? you're talking about maybe we become a pain for other people they love us but there's a pain associated with being with us
2: yeah well that's always my worry that when i play my guitar it'll be a pain for others and that'll tell me how well i've played
1: (laughs) (laughs) just to get you to stop (laughs) yeah that's it oh boy oh well it's been great talking to you graham yeah so what, what are you going to do for your passion today um, coming to
2: talk to you and do the, doing this podcast is a bit of a, a passion too. It's a bit painful, isn't it? It is. I've got to drive a long way to get here and drive a long way back. Yeah. But when I get back, I might even practice some flamenco guitar.
1: That'd be good. I, mean, I can't come and visit you so much because I'm treated like an alien in my own country when I go to cross the border.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's right. You could have the virus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I did stop at the border the other day and the first thing I said to the constable, this was at uh, Kalani on the border. We're heading for Warwick and I looked at this guy who's middle-aged and he, he was cold, he had a raincoat on and it was a miserable day mm. and they had a tent alongside the checkpoint. And I wound the window down and he just looked at me with a sad expression on his face <laughs> like he had no passion. And I said to him, you're really over this, aren't you? He said, I can't begin to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I bet you never thought in a, a, being a policeman in Australia would see you on border control. Yeah. And he said, never in my wildest dreams.
2: Well, we never want to get to that point where we're, uh, we're over-living. Yeah. We've got to find those things that are worth living for. Yeah, I yeah. guess we could get all religious at this point, but there's a lot more to it than just that.
1: Yeah, let's not get yeah. too religious, but nah. um, I thank God for my passions in life. Yeah, And I thank God for your passions, and one of those is doing mates in courage. Well, oh, they're
2: all his gifts, our they're passions. All his gifts. Yeah.
1: Now, you drive safely through the border control and don't be cheeky to the customer. All right.
0: See you, buddy. Bye. Mates in Courage, brought to you by Good News Unlimited. Fly, on my way home. To sign up for Graham and Ellie's daily spiritual message emails about recovering from addictions, hurts and hang-ups, visit goodnewsunlimited.com. To book Graham and Ellie for talks, get in touch at the same website. And if you're troubled by anything you've heard, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or an equivalent service in your own country. Thanks for listening.
2: Cover
0: Mates in Courage. Catch you in the next episode.